0: back to Tay Learning. My name is Danny, And I'm Olivia. We are your co-hosts. And I was going to say this (laughs) week, but this is coming out like this same week as our extra credit. This weekend. This weekend, (laughs) we're finally giving you what we've been seizing for, it's been almost two months since Betty came out, just so we're on the same page. (laughs) We're finally giving you the Folklore Love Triangle August. Finally. Actually, no, guys, it's actually something else today. Yeah, hot punk. So we're actually going to be talking. (laughs) So it's been like a running joke within our own, like, personal Tay listening fam of people being like, I can't wait to listen to whatever you have, even though it won't be August, or maybe it'll be something even better. Maybe we'll finally get August. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. I hear you. Okay. But y'all need to understand, at least from my perspective, that August is my favorite of the love triangle. And as a result of August being my favorite of the love triangle, I really wanted to do her justice. And I wanted to make sure that we analyzed this at like our peak performance, I guess. You know, there's been a lot going on, which I'm sure if you if you listen,
1: like you've heard our excuses every single week. Taylor either Taylor does something or Danny
0: ends up in the hospital. Who knows? <laughs> you know, it's like a wild card. <laughs> but we're here today to bring it to you. So, with that being said, August, we love you. You are the third installation in the folklore love triangle. After, at least our version of the installation after Cardigan and Betty, although on the actual album, it does go Cardigan and then August and then Betty, but we can unpack those feelings at the end because at the end of this episode, we will be talking about our overarching feelings about the love triangle. We've talked a little bit about it in the past, but we're going to wrap it up entirely in this one. Yes, yes. So August is the eighth song on the eighth album, and it is about the eighth month of the year and I'm very partial towards August I know right I'm very partial towards August because I am an August baby I'm a Leo and as a Leo I like to make everything about me and so when I saw that August was the name of a track when Folklore came out I was overjoyed and I on my first listen I liked it but I didn't love August weirdly enough I think that the entire album grew really really fast in my brain it was just such a jarring shift but I think August is great. I think it is a standout on the album.
1: Yeah, it definitely had to grow on me too. But I think it's because of the way that it sounds. It flows together so beautifully that on your first listen, it's hard to like pick up all the details of it. And I feel like once I picked up all the details, it was one that is just a staple to listen to in summertime. It just screams summer.
0: Before we actually knew that it was part of a love triangle situation, it was beautiful, but I didn't really understand the folklore premise was really on the nose and that it was songs that were not real.
1: Yeah. Like it just sounds like a generic like heartbreak. For a boy
0: yeah, which there's nothing wrong with. But I think that having the added layer of the like literal folk story between Betty and James just elevates the story so much. I agree. So a little bit about the song itself. Olivia is going to unpack here in a minute the folklore Long Pond, Taylor getting her background, but just from a generic background. It was written with Jack Antonoff and it was produced with Jack and also Joe Alwyn. <laughs> Jack wrote the instrumental of the song first, and then sent it to Taylor, and then she said that she just kind of wrote the lyrics on the spot, and it was an intuitive thing, and it was also the first song written from the love triangle, and she was inspired by the sun-drenched month of August. Aaron Dessner believes that of all the songs on Folklore, and maybe it's because of the classic Jack Antonoff production, I don't know, but it's the closest thing to a pop song on the record. And I know you, Olivia, as a pop girly, maybe that's why you ended up partial toward it in the end. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever thought that it seemed poppy. Do you think there's another song on the record that out pops it? Maybe like the great last great American dynasty. Uh...
1: He said there goes the last great american dynasty hmm. i don't know but like all of them i'm
0: like just like that's not pop <laughs> <laughs> well he said closest thing folklore had to a pop song so fair, i guess he didn't fair, say fair. it was a pop song <laughs> it is described as a dreamy pop guitar ballad all three songs in the love triangle have such different vibes yeah. like Betty is so, like, blues, folk, country. And then Cardigan is very indie alternative. And then you have August, which leans a little bit more poppy, more fresh. And I think that those vibes of each song are supposed to describe how we imagine the character and what the character yeah. is thinking.
1: 100% agree. At least in my head, canon, it really reflects who I think they are and their roles in the situation. As you know, I love to share quotes. And this one is from Taylor when she's talking in Folklore Long Pond Studio Sessions on Disney+. Plus. She talks about all of the songs on Folklore and either like how she was inspired by them or like how she thinks the story goes. And she said about August, I've been in my head calling the girl from August either Augusta or Augustine. What happened in my head was like Cardigan is Betty's perspective from like 20 to 30 years later looking back on this love that was a tumultuous thing. In my head, I think Betty and James ended up together. And in my head, she ends up with him, but he really put her through it. And August was obviously about the girl that James had this summer with. So she seems like she's a bad girl, but she's not a bad girl. She's really like a sensitive person who really fell for him. And she was trying to seem cool because that's what girls have to do. And she was trying to let him think that she didn't care, but she really did. And she thought they had something very real. And then he goes back to Betty. So the idea that there's some like bad villain girl in any type of situation who takes your man is actually a total myth because that's not usually the case at all. Everybody has feelings and wants to be seen and loved. And just like Augustine, that's all she wanted was love.
0: I think that that is one of my favorite quotes from Taylor just because it's really enticing to believe that there is always an enemy in these types of situations when realistically to me, the enemy is James. I am not the James apologist that Olivia is. I'm a James apologist. (laughs) James apologist. But, I mean, I get it. He was a kid. They're literally all kids in this story. But if there is a bad guy, it's not – August unless he cheated and she knew in which case part of me is like that's a little icky but he could have lied or said anything and even so it's not the responsibility of the girl you're cheating with to stop you from doing the morally wrong thing let's get that out yeah. there right now
1: and I'm a James apologist because I don't believe he cheated
0: <laughs> yeah she never really <laughs> clarifies kind of leaves it up
1: to interpretation and that's my interpretation we'll get into it later
0: yeah we will and Taylor also says that while the third character, the perspective of August, is not named, Taylor identifies her in her head as Augustine or Augusta. And I guess to me, canonically, that means that is her name. Like, she named the other two characters. Taylor, you make the rules, girl. Like
1: I think that the emphasis, though, was that all these characters were named by James in his song, right? He's not gonna use Augustine's name when apologizing to Betty, like she was nothing to him. Right? So he can't, if he names her, that gives her like more emphasis.
0: That's totally true. At the same time, when Taylor's like third unnamed character you can name her. You can just say her name You is can Augustine. just say her name is Augustine. <laughs> her name is Augustine and James never addresses her by name. Um, but one critic, Nate Jones of Vulture, did say that the lacking of a name for that character is a direct nod to her relative unimportance in James's life. So exactly what you were saying. Yeah. I think you're right. It's, it's an ode to that of he is so indifferent toward her when it comes – like compared to Betty – That he won't even name her, but when Taylor's like, she's just an unnamed character, but I think of her as Augustine. Girl, you wrote the song! She's unnamed because that's the art of it, okay? Yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) Before we hop into the lyrics, we're going to take a quick break
0: to talk about Spotify for Podcasters. So we're back and we're jumping into the lyrics which start out setting the scene not unlike other Taylor Swift songs salt air and the rust on your door I never needed anything more.
1: This gives like summer beach like that's the image that's painted for me is that they're at the beach salt air you know I was thinking about this last night as I couldn't fall asleep the rust on your door gives me car like it's a rusty old like beater that a teenager drives but it's your car it's James's car even though August was the one who rolled up and said get in the car and that's all he tells Betty he's the one that's now carting August around to hang out all summer long
0: I never thought about that also I was imagining rust on your door for some reason I did not grow up in New England I'm jealous of our New England girlies in a lot of ways (laughs) I was like oh I guess the front doors just have rust on them there because it's so humid (laughs) Yeah, my, my brain was door, car door. I never imagined a cover, which makes infinitely more sense. The salt air, very obviously, like you said, it's beachy, it's summer, and it really reinforces that this is a summer fling. That is what we are looking at. Yeah. Man, I hear that lick at the beginning of the song of... Like right before she comes in, and then the saw air, and I'm like, "Oh, Ugh. I am like, am I transported to the month of August? Yeah, I'm powering up to to literally <laughs> just maximum August power." <laughs> and then I never needed anything more. Seems really obvious. Like yeah, she, she needs really, him. really liked him, which leads into the next line of whispers: "Of are you sure? Never have I ever before," and I. Fully believe. I fully believe we are entering virginity talk here.
1: Mhm. And even if it's not virginity talk, like they were obviously very, very intimate. Like your first time with somebody can still be as monumentous as like losing your virginity in some instances. So I think it could be seen either way.
0: I agree with you. Just for like the sake of artistic interpretation, I read the line, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, that is so something that is said like right before someone loses their virginity but here's the question is this august has been with other men before and she's asking james are you sure or is james saying to august are you sure that's a good point because is it
1: august saying are you sure that you want to do this with me even though you're not over betty Mm -hmm. because she's aware that betty is like this looming thing over him which is why i think that it wasn't cheating I think he's just not and It's very obviously not overbetting.
0: When you look at the lyrics online, there are quotes around, are you sure? And then there are quotes around, never have I ever before. Is that a conversation yeah. between the two of them? Because I don't think it's one person saying both of no, those lines. No, I
1: think it's a question and a response.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's like, who asked the question? Does exactly. It change the meaning.
0: You changed the meaning. Did you intend this? So I'm singing Hamilton again on the pod. Got to stop that. surprise.
1: <laughs> Then she starts off with the chorus, but I can see us lost in the memory. August slipped away into a moment in time because it was never mine.
0: I love the line, but I can see us lost in the memory because it evokes a very strong feeling of ennui and nostalgia. And I imagine this girl, August, at the end of her summer, sitting there really upset and just wrapped in all of these emotions, these memories from the summer.
1: Yeah, and the idea of, like, I can see us lost in the memory. The word lost itself, I feel like, embodies that she feels like she lost something. And August slipped away into a moment of time. She couldn't hang on to it because it just slipped out of her hands.
0: And it happened so fast.
1: Mm -hmm. In a moment in time, it was so brief.
0: So with the line, because it was never mine, I mean, just like we were just talking about, right? She didn't feel like she ever had a full handle on the relationship. I think you've got a point about her being aware of Betty's existence because her, it, it was never mine. She knew that at the end of the day, James was probably going to go back to Betty. But my counterpoint, of course, is that if James had been cheating, play with me real quick here, if he had been cheating, but telling August all the stuff that men so often tell girls, like it's basically over. I'm going to leave her anyway. Once I see her again, like she might not have had any idea if it was cheating. So I don't know. That is my take. I believe that he cheated. Olivia does not. You as the listener are free to feel the way you feel. <laughs> I
1: believe that he impulsively broke up with Betty over something stupid. They like up her with.
0: dancing with that guy. Yeah. At- so the next stanza in the chorus and I can see us twisted in bed sheets. August sipped away like a bottle of wine, cause you were never mine. Twisted in bed sheets to me, immediate callback to wildest dreams. You see me in hindsight, tangled up with you all night,
1: Tangled up with you all night. Yeah,
0: it's so obvious to me that this relationship was built primarily in his brain. On sex, yeah, and that brought her closer to him in her own head canon of what the relationship was. It brought her closer to him. We talked a lot in the Jake Gyllenhaal episode, applying to Taylor Swift's actual life, about how whoever you lose your virginity to, particularly if you're a girl, societally, you are put into this pressure of that is somebody you're supposed to be with forever because the greatest gift you can give somebody is your virginity, right? So Mm -hmm. if we're toying with the idea that August was a virgin, and that she did sleep with James, and that was a first-time situation for her, of course she'd be really attached to him, and he's just not going to feel the same way.
1: Yeah, and even if he likes her, he's not in a mental state to give all of himself to her. He's not overbiting, and even if he, this is him with his best intentions trying to like be all in for somebody else, it's not working regardless. And the next line of August Sipped Away kind of gives me the feeling that Augustine, like, took the relationship in sips and savored every minute. So, like, he gave her, like, one night out of one week. And she grasped onto that one night he gave her. Or they... Rove to the beach one day out of two weeks and she just kept replaying that one day in her brain over and over and it's maybe totally possible especially with taylor's like insight about augustine was like trying to play the cool girl and act like she didn't care it's totally possible that james was unaware of how much all those little moments meant to her because she was trying to play it cool with him and be like the cool girl and like she didn't care so i don't know i think there's maybe a lot of misinterpretation on both ends here
0: for a long time I thought that she said slipped again I think you told me last summer that it was yeah because I made it
1: my Instagram caption and you were like Olivia you did that wrong I'm like no I didn't (laughs)
0: like I don't you know I don't even think I was like you did I thought that I was an idiot I was like I was like is it is it and you're like yes and I was like I could have just googled that
1: Sipped away like a bottle of wine.
0: I always read the sipped away like a bottle of wine. I say always, since last summer when you enlightened me. I always read the sipped away like a bottle of wine line as that's supposed to be something joyous, like drinking a bottle of wine and enjoying it and sipping through it, and then it's gone. And then you're sad. And as a bonus, you're wine drunk.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I think it's like a metaphor for this situation of like she couldn't have the whole bottle of wine so she could only take it in sips. So
0: verse two goes to you're back beneath the sun wishing I could write my name on it. Will you call when you're back at school? I remember thinking I had you. And I said that all always one big line because to me that feels like a brain dump from August. Like it feels like her begging and pleading and reminiscing and all of that wrapped up in one.
1: And like it calls back to like the summer beach days. You're back beneath the sun they're literally like in my brain laying on a beach and wishing I could write my name on your back. I She's so aware that he is so in love with Betty.
0: And then will you call when you're back at school? I mean, obviously he's not going to call, girl. You knew that.
1: Yeah, Betty's at school.
0: <laughs> and thinking for a moment that she did have him, that she did have a grasp on the relationship in the way she thought because she was so infatuated with him that there's no possible way that their affair... Could have been minimized to just a summer fling. Also, I saw it pointed out online that this song ties back to one of Taylor's earliest songs, Tim McGraw, with the lyrics, And I Was Right There Beside Him All Summer Long, And Then The Time We Woke Up To Find That Summer Gone. I was right there beside him all summer long, and then the time we Aw,
1: I have another connection I'm going to give you at the end because I think we have to get all the way through it first, but I have another Taylor Swift song connection. (laughs) And then the chorus repeats again, but I can see us lost in the memory. August slipped away into a moment in time because it was never mine. And I can see us twisted in bedsheets. August sipped away like a bottle of wine because you were never mine.
0: So then we get into this bridge, this banger bridge, the bridge that makes the song as iconic as it is. Back when we were still changing for the better, wanting was enough. For me, it was enough. To me, it was enough. Back when we were still changing for the better. It was real to me. (laughs) It was real. It was real to (laughs) me. But back when we were still changing for the better, I feel like it's such an interesting lyric because I don't think James thinks that at all. I think James is like, I was better when I was with Betty. You were a backslide. And August is like... We were changing for the better when you were with me.
1: Interesting.
0: That's how I I
1: don't know. I don't get the vibe that James thought poorly of August in any sense of way. I think he liked her fine, but she just wasn't betty. And maybe that's because of my own personal experiences. I had something kind of similar where like in high school I really wanted to be with this guy and he broke up with me and then I had a summer thing with this guy who I also really liked but it was nothing compared to the guy I actually wanted to be with but I liked him and I really cared about him but it was never going to be him so I think that's probably why I'm a James apologist
0: (laughs) I don't think he thought negatively about August I think that in the relationship with Betty August was a backslide is is kind of how I think of it I don't think August herself has anything to do with it. it could have been anyone but it wasn't Betty so it was in that relationship of him and Betty isolated, a backslide.
1: Yeah. And like the implications of like changing for the better, this is where I'll give you guys who think he cheated like a crump of my belief of like changing for the better. What were they changing from? You know, what was she working with him through to like be a better person? Maybe the mistakes he made with Betty? Something. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like she maybe felt like she was a good influence on him.
0: And wanting was enough. And for me, it was enough. I think that that's just kind of reiterating that feeling of her being desperate for the relationship, her almost playing out what she wanted, what she thought was going to happen was enough in the moment.
1: She's trying to play the cool girl. She doesn't need anything, you know, right? Like you don't need to do anything crazy with me. Like just you being around is enough when that's not really how it is. But she was willing to like lower her standards for a half-assed relationship because even without bad intentions he was just giving her a half-assed relationship yeah. so she was lowering her standards saying that's all i wanted that's all i needed because it was him yeah which we've all been there yeah.
0: <laughs> and the next <laughs> lyrics of to live for the hope of it all cancel plans just in case you'd call and say meet me behind the mall Meet Me Behind the Mall is such an interesting lyric. I've said that so many times in this episode, but this one particularly because Taylor Swift wrote the lyric Meet Me Behind the Mall in her phone years ago and yeah. thought, I want to put that in a song one day. And that's how he ended up with Meet Me Behind the Mall. And this entire relationship is from one lyric that she wrote in her phone and tying it into a cheating story very interesting take but yes not necessarily cheating I know I know but like cancel plans just in case you call and say meet me behind the mall and part of the reason why I think it's cheating is is such a small thing but meet me behind the mall why are you hiding why are you sneaking around even
1: without cheating he still doesn't want Betty to see because he's not over Betty he wants hope with Betty one day
0: I can mm, I cannot wait till we get to the end of this and we do another <laughs> song tie in because mm, okay it's fine.
1: <laughs> and like I feel like this is probably the line that cuts me the deepest from this whole song is cancel plans just in case you'd call. I don't know if you've been there. I've definitely been there. Of like, okay, I know that the guy I like that I am struggling to get his attention on a consistent basis. I know that he's usually off of work around this time. So like, I can't make plans just in case, or so like I can text him and just happen to be free. And usually this like anxious attachment is with the people that give you crumbs because they're not invested in you, but like, you want to be there to to like be available to pick up every single crumb they give you because nothing is more devastating in the moment than when you're not available for the one time they want to hang out with you.
0: Oh, I've totally been there. I've totally been there. I've canceled plans just desperately hoping.
1: Because you think this one other time that they hang out with you, it's one time they're going to end up like falling in love with you the way that you love them.
0: Mm -hmm. And doing the text thing of like a, just got home from class. Don't really have much going on. Hmm?
1: (laughs) Or the Snapchat story of like just hanging out in um, the dorm that he lives in.
0: Wish I had something to do tonight. Mm? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) (laughs) The bridge wraps with so much for summer love and saying us. Because you weren't mine to lose. You weren't mine to lose. No. This
1: is the part that it feels like encompasses the whole song. This song isn't angry. This song isn't even like coming across to me as like super hurt. It's just like, I knew it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's definitely a realization moment and even the way that it sounds like sonically that is what a climax of the song is and it's almost like her just doing this heart dump and then it's out there and she's like doing or singing the you weren't mine to lose no it's like a realization moment of man I felt good to get off my chest
1: yeah like you weren't mine to lose so like why should I let it hurt me like, like this <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the chorus repeats again But I can see us lost in the memory. August slipped away into a moment in time because it was never mine. And I can see us twisted in bedsheets. August slipped away like a bottle of wine because you were never mine. You were never mine. Never mine.
0: Which the outro builds on with because you were never mine. Never mind. But do you remember? Remember when I pulled up and said, get in the car, which James immediately like in his own confession to Betty or like apology song says she pulled up like a figment of my worst intentions and she said James get in let's drive shut up James and
1: you said this was at the same time mark didn't you say that
0: yes I forgot about that these happen at the same that. same time stamp in I love both
1: that songs. so much so much don't remember exactly.
0: I think it's like 2.45 or something. It's been so long since we've done that episode. Sorry, (laughs) y'all. But they happen at the same moment of her explaining pulling up and being like, get in the car. But the way that I hear that line isn't her pulling up, like he says, a figment of my worst intentions of like, get in. Let's go do something naughty. It's her just being like, you look sad. Do you want to go for a drive?
1: Because he was sad boy. He was walking home on broken cobblestones.
0: Also, this is so getaway car coded. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Oh, that was my song.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry. Because, like, you were driving the getaway car. We were flying, but we'd never get far. Think about the place where you first met me. I was sad about
0: Betty, August girl. <laughs> like you you nothing good starts in a getaway car. This was never gonna work, but she didn't see it as a getaway car. She saw it as her being his saving grace, his shoulder to cry on, and that he'd stick around once the tears were gone too. And in his mind, it's think about that place where you first met me. Like yeah. Literally
1: PSA for anybody out there, like I know that we all go through it and like you got to get hurt to learn, but we're going to tell you, we're not going to make you feel bad if you're in an Augustine situation, but if you are ever like that comfort for someone while they're getting over somebody else, it's never going to be you. You got to live through it, I guess, to to
0: to know for sure. And unless you've done it, it's really difficult to discern the difference between being somebody's rebound shoulder to cry on emotional support animal and being somebody that they're actually supposed to be with because couples break up all the time or people break up with their SO all the time and the next person they date is who they stay with I mean look at Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds it happens Mm -hmm. but there is such a stark difference between being that emotional support thing that once you're emotionally supported you can let go of and being your soulmate rebound and I feel like the latter is significantly less common
1: humans experience emotions it's very natural especially when you're spending a lot of time with somebody intimately and even if they know that they're not going to pick you in the end they can still deeply care about you and act like they deeply care about you because they do like I said earlier like I had a situation where I kind of had an Augustine and I still feel bad about that situation and this was like over 10 years ago that this happened we were literally like 17 years old and I still feel bad about it but I definitely really cared about him but not enough to like just date him like he wanted me to because I didn't like him enough I even tried to come back later and we got into a relationship and I broke up with him after two weeks like it didn't mean I didn't care about him but I think that You have to be your own advocate in this situation. You can't trust that person to put your feelings first because ultimately their feelings are first to them. Everyone's feelings should be first to yourself.
0: And you got to take care of yourself. If there's a Taylor Swift song that relates to a situation of me, like five years ago, (laughs) dating this guy or like hooking up with this guy, and then finding out that he had a girlfriend that he broke up with to like be with me. And I was like, I'm leaving at the end of the summer. Like, it's not that serious, love. It's not that serious. <laughs> oh, it was that serious for him. I still feel bad about that, too. That was the one that
1: showed you his grandma's ring or something?
0: Yes. That showed, that me, showed me his mother's engagement ring after two weeks and said, this could be yours one day. And he's probably not listening to this. And if he's listening to this. Like, you were so sweet to me. You were so good. You deserved so much better than what I put you through. And I hope you're doing well. I know you're doing well, even though you don't have me on any social media anymore. I know you're doing well. Taylor, when will you write a song about that?
1: I know I always feel bad for some of the boys we talk about because we are very specific like if they listen they would know oh yeah like like my Augustine boy I literally told him straight to his face I'm like listen if my ex wants to get back together with me I'm gonna get back together with him and he was like it's worth the chance though
0: so it's okay to live for the hope of it all if you will Today, listeners, I hope that you, like, listen to this, and at least some of you relate to this so that I feel, like, less garbage sometimes. But you're right. We reference people so specifically. We're so (laughs) Taylor and her Fearless era coded. And... (laughs) We're I'm nervous for anybody. like, as this podcast grows each week, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god.
1: I mean, I'm not saying anything bad. I said that I feel bad this time. <laughs> this time, <laughs> when we talk about ex friends, I guess that's different.
0: Yeah, there are a couple ex friends that would not be very happy with this podcast. No,
1: it's fine if the shoe fits, right?
0: The song just has her repeating over and over again, the back when I was living for the hope of it all meet me behind the mall. Remember when I pulled up and said get in the car like she's just repeating this motif over and over again. And I really think that it is August unpacking those feelings, like while she is actively sitting there and reliving the summer and being like, how did we get from point A to point B? I pulled up, said, get in the car and then canceled my cancel plans. my plans. just in case you'd call. Call. You said, meet me behind the mall. And I was living for the hope of it all just over and over again, trying to justify what just happened to her.
1: And it's so interesting too, because I feel like there's a lot of different ways to interpret this outro. The one being, her making sense of everything, another one being kind of similar to, it was rare, it was rare, I remember it all too well, like the outro of all too well, like confirming yourself after gaslighting if you interpret James as the gaslighter in the situation, which I don't, but it's fine. (laughs) So that I interpret it as, especially the way that it's sung, it's sung so happy, especially with Taylor like skipping around in her performance to this, like it's almost like, she's like, I know that it ended, you weren't mine to lose, but do you remember how great it was? It's almost it like we're going
0: through the five stages of grief all in one song.
1: Yeah. Because August sipped away like a bottle of wine. Don't you remember all these, like, beautiful sips? Meet me behind the mall. Get in the car. Cancel my plans just in case you call.
0: Yeah. and She's got the orchestral, like, outro. Yeah. It's... Really beautiful. And now's the time when I say why I think it's cheating. And Taylor confirms it on the Eras tour when, spoiler alert, partway through August, she turns around angrily, or not partway, like at the end, she turns around angrily and starts singing Illicit Affairs, which is so clearly just feeding the cheating community. If you wanna scream, Don't call me kid. Don't call me baby. This godforsaken mess that you made me. You sold me colors. You... She collapses so to the ground. Cute. It's like August finally comes to terms with it and then goes, and you know what else? <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments of the entire show, though. I know.
1: It's so dramatic. It's the so Alyssa Affairs
0: bridge being repeated twice and just the collapse. And I need live version of "Elicit Affairs because Alyssa Affairs is a song. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. "Elicit Affairs era's tour version. I'm like, oh, yeah. girl.
1: So good. So she sings it almost nonchalantly on the like actual record on the album, you know, and it's beautiful. But wow, she puts her entire soul into her live performance. But I stand by my thought process of he saw Betty dancing with somebody else because he wasn't around to dance, which that's valid for her. All she wanted to do was dance I and impulsively broke up with her even though he didn't want to and he was being a sad boy August scooped him up because she saw a wounded puppy that she had a crush on and I think he liked her fine but she wasn't Betty and clearly like she knew about Betty according to her song, like she knew she wasn't the one but she hoped she would be and then he went back to Betty at, at the end
0: I think that either take is acceptable, but I like the drama of this fictional relationship. And just (laughs) so we're clear, critics did too. They said that her being able to tell this story that wasn't necessarily about her real life just showed her maturity as a songwriter. I don't always love when critics say that, because I'm like, she's been a mature, beyond her years songwriter forever. Yeah. But I do appreciate her ability to write a song without it being necessarily a personal anecdote, but sounding so personal. Mm -hmm. Several critics lauded August, said it was one of the best in her discography, and Robert Sheffield is a longtime reporter for Rolling Stone, like since 1997. He is very well known as being a critic, and he has been critical of Taylor in the past. But he said that the song was, quote, the album's most plainly beautiful ballad. And he placed it fifth on his 2021 rankings of the 199 songs of Taylor's discography. So it came in number five of ranking all of her songs at the time. August feels like such a simple tune, yet it's one of the craftiest creations in the Swiftian multiverse.
1: And I don't know, it's so good because it just sonically sounds like Summer. You know, she does an amazing job at like, not only singing an amazing story about a relationship that didn't happen to her, but making the entire vibe, making it sonically cohesive with the idea of like falling in love in Summer.
0: Just to double down on that point, the song does receive a resurgence every single August, with August of last year, 2022, seeing a 277% increase in listenership right when August, the month, began. And Billboard we did that. Oh, totally, we did. Oh, and so yeah. did everyone else. And Billboard likened it to All I Want for Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey, calling it a seasonal streaming perennial. Oh. Uh... Despite not being a single, its peak on the Billboard Hot 100 is 23.
1: You know, our personal stories with August. Last summer, Danny and all of our friends in Kansas City came to Michigan, which is where I live. And for those of you who are familiar with Michigan during the summertime, we hit the Sleeping Bear Dunes, Traverse City, went to wineries. We did Mackinac Island. We basically did a lot of like... Great Lakes beaching stuff and I have such vivid memories of us doing the wine tour in Traverse City we rented out a bus and we just blasted August and we were all just like wine tipsy and beautiful dresses <laughs> and like fake eyelashes in the Michigan summertime just like zipped away like, a, like bottle a bottle of wine, of
0: wine. I like these you say vivid memories <laughs> I have somewhat vivid memories. That wine Um, did be hidden.
1: It did be hidden. All the boys
0: were in their matching button-ups and were unbuttoning them like one button at a time at each winery. (laughs) Too good. That was so So fun. So good. I'm going to, like, do this tradition on TikTok every year where every August I'm going to do a mashup video of what happened that month to August. Because it is a seasonal tune. It almost feels wrong to listen to it in other parts of the year.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> As for performances, she obviously does it on the Eras Tour. She like runs across the stage, and I love this performance so much because she is almost pleading to the audience when she gets into that August character. She's talking to people in the front few rows, Do you singing, remember? "Do you remember?" Like she's pleading with them for somebody to listen and believe her story. And she also performed it in a mashup with Willow and Cardigan at the twenty twenty one Grammys, which that performance. Very highly praised. And it was the first mm-hmm. time that she publicly performed with Aaron Dessner and Jack Antonoff. Amazing.
1: Just I a reminder,
0: as we wrap up the love story, the love triangle, rather, there <laughs> isn't always a bad guy. Everybody just wants to be seen and loved. And that's what Taylor yeah. said in her long con quote.
1: Betty just wanted to be seen and loved. And I, I don't know. I feel like Betty's perspective, like, yeah, she was like, chase two girls, lose the one. <laughs> But I feel like most of her emphasis was, how dare you leave me like my father did? You said you'd always be around. So that's kind of also why I lean a little less about him cheating. Like, she was devastated by him just leaving her.
0: Man, if I had five minutes with Taylor Swift, I would ask her so many questions. But one of them would have to be, did James cheat? Yes, or no. Yes
1: or no, that's (laughs) it that's it James also just wanted to be loved too like even if he did like cheat and break up with Betty or like whatever he just wanted to feel loved as well he didn't feel loved by Betty for whatever reason and like that's still not chill if he did cheat but like it wasn't I think it was about him if he did it wasn't about getting it back at Betty
0: so here's a question for you and also for our listeners do you think the order in which you listen to the songs determines your interpretation of the story I don't
1: think so, but I think there is something to be said about the order in which you uncover details and the dramatic reveals that happened because of that. Um, so, like, if you go about it the way that we decide to deliver it, giving the couple's perspective first, we kind of let Augustine almost seem like a bad guy. And then we gave her perspective and she's not really a bad guy. Then there's the cardigan august betty i was like betty's perspective august perspective james perspective is what i was saying but where it builds james up to be like bad and i think that's where a lot of like the james slander comes from because like by the time you get to his section you're over it so i don't know i think like the journey is different but for me i land the same way every time i think james is just a child who doesn't know shit he even says it yeah
0: (laughs) all right Power rank the three songs.
1: Easy. August, Cardigan, Betty.
0: Same. Betty is like
1: a fan favorite sometimes, I feel like, but I feel very mad about it. It's all right.
0: I like Betty. I like Betty. Yeah. I'm, it doesn't stand I'm, out to me. Yeah, not really. In the context of the album, it kind of does because it does give like this blues, grass mm-hmm. type music.
1: Yeah. And then August is like, obviously. And then Cardigan, I appreciated a lot more after our breakdown of it, because it suffered the single syndrome for me a little bit. But when we broke down the lyrics, I was like, wow, this is deeper than I thought it was.
0: Also, Betty is kind of, it's not an afterthought by any means. I don't think anything on folklore is unintentional. But it's pretty clear, like, it's been said that August was the first of the three songs that she fully fleshed out and finished. And we know that Cardigan was written pretty early on in the folklore process, like in April, which the whole album was turned around really quickly. Betty seems like she's tying those two songs together. Like it's a string. It feels less authentic in some ways. Like she had to write that to make the trio make sense. It's still beautiful, but it doesn't feel Mm. as organic thoughts flowing out of her. Like she had to make sure that she mentioned things that tied together both songs.
1: Obviously this is intentional, but it sounds so much more immature than the other two songs, which like, that's the point like James is the immature party in the situation but I don't know it just I don't know it doesn't resonate for me I guess
0: same so fun what'd you tailor in this week Mm
1: -hmm. so I didn't necessarily tailor in this this week but I regretted not saying that I tailored this in the Betty episode that we did I didn't know before you told me that She said, James, get in, let's drive. And remember when I pulled up and said, get in the car, we're at the same time marks. That is just, my little brain is just blown.
0: It is fascinating and genius. I didn't know that August was the first song of the trio that was like fully finished. I only saw that from one source. So if I'm wrong, please tell me. But the source seemed pretty reliable. (laughs) What are we talking about next week? Now that we finally concluded. The folklore love triangle
1: finally oh my god so next week we're going to give you an episode that we've had sitting in our drafts for ages we're talking about like this was supposed to come out the week that news broke that taylor and joe broke up this is an old episode that we've had like tucked away ready to go this is an, a, a continuation of our muses series um it's about the her relationship her brief Fling, summer fling, if you will, with (laughs) Connor Kennedy. So keep in mind that when you listen to that, we did record that before we knew that Joe and Taylor were broken up. So I don't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that we said, but we totally could have implied that she was dating Joe now. So
0: I literally put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode already (laughs) that was like, this was recorded before that news broke. So we will probably say outdated information.
1: Luckily, there isn't a ton of changing information about her relationship with Connor Kennedy that's kind of like dead and gone and buried, you know, so
0: I'm really excited to get that one out into the world. Let it release from our drafts. It was
1: fun to learn. We both learned a ton that we didn't know before Mm -hmm. making that episode.
0: Yeah. As always, you can shoot us a DM on TikTok or Instagram. We are at Podcast, And you can email us taylearningpodcast at gmail.com. We've already seen some emails from a few of you, yes. especially regarding the giveaway. Be sure to head to our Instagram. That does close on June 23rd. So be sure to go to our Instagram to get the details about the giveaway so that you can enter for a chance to win the signed insert in the Jade Green Midnight City.
1: And make sure you listen to our fantasy football speak now draft episode if you want extra details on how to enter, that is exclusive for our listeners. So listen to that episode. So. Well,
0: thank you for holding on this long to make sure that we got August out in the world, <laughs> holding us accountable. We ask you to do it all the time. So thank you for doing it. And with that being said, we will see you next week for Connor Candidate. See you next week.
1: See you next time. you call and
0: say meet me behind the mall so much for someone love and seeing us cause you are not you are mine have you seen that tiktok no This is my interpretation of Margot Robbie in The Wolf of Wall Street and Emma Watson in Harry Potter having a conversation. (laughs) Who? Who? You a fucking owl? I am not an owl. Oh my god.